0: Amen. I couldn't sleep much last night. Um, no surprise, I, I drank caffeine all day. I just, you know, I'm like, it's like way early in the morning. I'm like, why can't I sleep? And I'm looking back at my day and I realize, oh, I drank that much caffeine. Amen. Uh, but <clears throat> in, in 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 so not sleeping, I was listening to message after message after message last night. And, and uh, some were good, some were not so good. Um, but I remember thinking uh brother randy's prayer reminded me of it i remember thinking i wish this preacher would just get out of the way and quit pushing his agenda quit pushing what he has been taught and let the bible speak for itself and that's the job of everyone that's preaching pastor preacher evangelist missionaries to get out of the way and let the bible speak for itself Uh, my job is to point to the scripture i pray that you look past this ugly mug and just look at what the word of God has to say amen my goal this morning is to point to the biblical truth that Joseph's circumstance did not change who he was turn to Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 I just want to re- remind you that remember Joseph wasn't exactly on a waiting list to become the stepfather if you will the earthly father of Christ this was not something that he was looking for he wasn't necessarily preparing for it either, Brother Tony. Right. Matthew 1.18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and now willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Long story short, and it's a whole other message that you can look up on YouTube but uh, or study for yourself. But but divorce, biblical divorce, isn't what we're thinking. Biblical divorce is a separation before you even consummate the marriage. Is during the engagement process or right after the marriage. Amen. That's what, that's, what, that's what this is here. He's considering putting her away, considering divorcing her. Even though they haven't come together, they're still in the engagement period. Amen. <coughs> Uh, boys, I'm, I'm coming to mind all the the, the the traditions of Jewish weddings, amen, that comes in stages. But let me, let me move on, amen. Verse 20, but while he thought on these things, and can you imagine what he was thinking, amen. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth the son, and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. On a side note, it's not my notes, it just came to mind. Uh, other versions don't say that. Right. Right. It's significant that they did not come together and he did not know her biblically until after the birth of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. But Joseph had to decide within himself if these things were true. I cannot imagine the, the burden of weight that was on Joseph. Hearing from Mary, who he undoubtedly loves so much, saying that she's with child, it's from the Holy Ghost, from God himself. She's carrying the Son of God. How do you think that conversation went? (laughs) And then the weight of that, I'm sure they were not happy with each other for a matter of hours or a day. Joseph went to bed pondering these things because how could you not? He was, he was drowning in these thoughts of, 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 of sadness and in worst-case scenarios because let's be honest, we think in worst-case scenarios all the time. That's how we do. That's just how we do. But Joseph had to decide with him, himself if these things were true. And can I tell you this morning, there is not... There is not a person that has ever been born on the planet that has, to, that, that has not come to a place where they have to decide if these things are true or not. As in, are the unseen things more important than the things that are seen? Oh, we all have to come to that crossroad at some point or another. Uh, Romans chapter 1 leaves us with no excuse. <laughs> We, we hold the truth in our unrighteousness. We are born knowing that there's a creator, but we just want to stifle that. Jump to 2 Corinthians chapter four verse fifteen. Paul talked about this very thing. 2 Corinthians chapter four verse fifteen. Keeping in mind. As we read this, this verse, keeping in mind Joseph lying in bed. I'm talking before the angel of the Lord came and spoke to him. Because believing that's a whole other story. But before God sent a messenger to tell Joseph, hey, Mary's with child, it's with, with the Son of God. Amen. Joseph's laying in bed and he's got to think to himself, is the unseen things more important than the things that are seen? Look at Second Corinthians 4.15, says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant uh, grace might through the thanksgiving of many uh, redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. That's the spiritual walk we have with Christ. That's our inward man, the unseen things. Amen. Verse 17, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Where the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus talked about the same thing. He made it so clear to us. Every person that has ever lived has to come to that thought. They have to come to this crossroads uh, Gary Duty many songs have been written about it but Gary Duty wrote a beautiful song don 't leave him hanging yeah. you come to a place where, where you have to deal with Jesus on the cross yeah. are, are, are the are the are, is the unseen things of Christ really true is there really a spiritual man that 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 we could we could experience can I tell you when I was Seven years old, just before I turned eight, I found out that it's true. Yeah. There's this inward man that can come alive, hey, amen. We are all born dead. We are all born spiritually dead. Yeah. But man, <laughs> there really is. It's not just some uh, uh, coin uh, 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 saying that a preacher come up with. it. There really is a born again uh, experience that you can, you can have. You can't enter heaven without being born again. One of the messages I was listening to was last night. A preacher talking about Nicodemus. He was trying to say that Nicodemus, when Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again, you must have a second birth. That wasn't really for then. It was really for years later that it applied to him. No, Jesus was speaking to him then, before the cross. That's a whole other message. You say, well, how do you get to heaven? Jesus said so himself, talking to Nicodemus you must be born again. There's a physical birth and there's a spiritual birth. We're all born one time. We're all born physically. But until you're born spiritually, you will never enter eternal life. You'll never enter heaven. There will never be a Holy Ghost abiding within you. Um, A preacher once said it and it stuck with me. You can look at this swing, and there was, this was a big swing, it was an illustration. I just want to say Ken, it's not Ken Ham, it's the other guy. Hoven, Kent Hoven. It was a great example he gave. He had this big swing at his place, whatever. And he would, he would tell kids when they get on it, it's like, you can believe in that swing. You can believe that that swing could take you and anybody else from there to there and take you back. You can believe in it. But believing in and believing on is two completely different things. You can believe in it all day long and watch everybody else swing on it knowing, yep, that swing, that's what it's for. But until you believe on it and you get on it in yourself and you swing for yourself, then, then you know that that swing really works. There's a whole lot of people that believe in Jesus Christ. There's a whole lot of people that believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. In fact... You know who else believes that Jesus Christ is the Savior of all mankind? Right. Satan and his demons. Right. Sure. Amen. Sure. I don't know how old I was, but the first time I read that verse, that stuck with my heart, Jared. <laughs> they believe in God. Yeah. So that means believing in God does not get you into heaven, right. but believing on him. Yeah. And what did Jesus himself say? He must be born Again. You know what Jesus didn't say? You have to say these specific words. He didn't say, hey, you have to come to church and be faithful to go to heaven. No. He didn't say you have to uh, do a whole lot of good things and you got to walk the ladies across the street. He didn't say any of that. He said you must be born again. It's a heart decision. You either believe in God or you believe on him. Very very different. Jesus talked about the things unseen. Matthew six nineteen His words are read. Jesus himself, his words said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor, dust, nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is there, where your heart be also. Man, we're so prone to the physical things. I mean we're getting into christmas nick all's i want is like a new banjo but rachel doesn't get it she thinks that one is enough you know <laughs> but we're so easy i mean we're people come on we like to get things we i mean that, that's the way look we like our comfortable chairs we, we like it we like to cater to the flesh uh uh i like to get sausage gravy pretty much every sunday morning right. it's a good life amen but we like to cater to the flesh And and, and know know what goes against our grain, Brother Bob? Spiritual things that are unseen. No, what goes against our grain? Laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven. I'm getting ahead of myself, amen. Joseph came to the crossroad in his life. Where he had to put his trust in himself. Or he had to put his trust in whatever his friends and family were saying. Or he had to put his trust in the words of God. God sent a messenger with a message. He had a choice that he had to make. We all have a choice that we have to make. Can I tell you that when you're a child of God, you're not the same person that you were. <laughs> First Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Can I tell you this morning, turn to Ephesians 2.4. Ephesians 2.4. As a born-again believer, we have a new standing with Christ. We literally have a position and a place in heaven, seated at the table with the king, not as a servant, but but as an heir adopted into the family of God, we preached on Mephibosheth the other day. Just like Mephibosheth, man, adopted into the family. All the benefits of the kingdom. Not just for this life. Amen. For in the life to come. Laying up treasures in heaven. Oh, good works don't get you into heaven. Right. Well, brother, Tony, once you're saved, right. boy, God encourages good works. Yeah. There's a multitude of reasons we could go into that, but... If anything, to encourage those to point to Christ. Can you imagine the Christian walking into work, walking into church? Happens way too often. But walking into work, walking in the grocery store with a bad attitude. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my life's so bad. I had to wrap all, I'm so tired. I had to wrap all those gifts. huh? huh, huh. Oh, here's a gospel track. Come to my church. Huh, I'm gonna tell you how it needs to Are you kidding me? Right. Right. Boy, our testimony. Our works ought to be pointing to Christ. Yeah. Right. That goes against our flesh. That goes against the physical man. <laughs> physical man. Physical man. Amen. <laughs> Ephesians 2 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Can I point this out? Because this came across the messages last night where some preach that God doesn't love sinners. Never mind Romans 5.8. But God commended His love toward us while we were yet sinners. But look at this. But God who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us. Past tense. Even when we were dead in sins. Does Christ love sinners? You bet He does. Hath quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved. And hath raised us up together. And look at this. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Man, that's just like Mephibosheth. What a privilege, man. King David gave Mephibosheth the position in the kingdom, not only officially, but personally. Literally eating at the table with the king. Church we we officially have a position with christ if you're born again we have a position we have a standing we are we are heir with Christ royalty in heaven but nothing that we've done Titus three five but it's all him you know what I'm glad that and I'm kind of this is last week's message a little bit coming through but I'm glad that david didn't send messengers to King David didn't send messengers to Mephibosheth's door way out in the boondocks. Where was that? Uh, uh, Lodabar. And uh, it's not a bar, it's a place called Lodabar. Amen. And, 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 and you know the story. I hit it hard last couple of weeks, and, and Mephibosheth g- g- gets invited to the kingdom. He's, he, he's now uh, a part of the family, enjoys all the benefits. But here's the thing. It, it wasn't one and done. I mean, I mean, it wasn't like, hey, you get to experience all this. Now go back home. Go back to the life that you now lived. It was forever. I'm so glad that, that when, when Christ came into my heart at seven years old and, and I understood that I was a sinner, I acknowledged that I was a sinner, and, but specifically in need of a Savior that wanted to trust on Christ, not just believe in him. That God gave me the Holy Ghost indwelling, And that wasn't just a one-time thing where it was like, okay, well, you got it. Now I'm going to take it away at some point if you sin. No, no, no. You you don't. You you can't be unborn. (laughs) You can't go back into the womb, amen. A butterfly doesn't go back into the cocoon. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't matter if the Pentecostal preacher tells you that. It doesn't matter uh, uh, whatever man might tell you. But the word of God is all about eternal security. God doesn't hold eternity like this. Well, you messed up. Take it. Nope, here it is again. Nope, you messed up. Taking it back. God doesn't do that. But just just like Mephibosheth, boy, as a Christian, we, we don't not just a lifetime we get to experience experience the benefits of being uh heir in the kingdom It's for eternity forever ephesians 2 verse 7 you're probably there amen it says that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through christ jesus for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus in the good works, with God to before ordained that we should walk in them. We should be walking and talking good works as a child of God. Can I tell you that our temporary our temporary circumstance doesn't change that? Our temporary circumstance does not change who we are are you having a bad day in this temporary world you're still a Christian if you're born again it doesn't change the benefits of being a believer it doesn't change who your heavenly father is doesn't change the promises that are given to you are you did you get fired from your temporary job been there done that many of us have been there amen that doesn't change our circumstance that we're hey we're heirs with Christ a lot of people have temporary sickness even this morning we pray for them but that doesn't change that we're heirs with royalty amen what i'm getting at this morning is no matter what situation arises if you've been born again that we have a standing with christ that cannot be taken away no matter who says it no no matter what youtube preacher says it no matter what doctrine says that you can lose your salvation I'm thankful that we need to be like, was it the Bereans? We need to study to show ourselves approved just like what Shine was saying in Sunday school so that we can know the scriptures for ourselves, whether these things be true. Because what happens? We listen to so-and-so and he, well, actually he just heard that from somebody else and he just parroting it back. Everything that's preached from this pulpit And anything that goes through your ears ought to be filtered through the word of God, period. That's where false doctrine comes from. Because our favorite preacher said something, so it's got to be true. Our favorite documentary, I want to say documentary, um, uh, commentary said something, so it must be true. Jesus himself said, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. To be part of the family of God has become a new creature. Let me ask a question. Why why is a born-again Christian, as a new creature in Christ, saved to eternity? Why do we let our circumstance... Dictate our faithfulness. Joseph went to Bethlehem because of who he was. Jo- Joseph later obeyed the voice of God because of who he was, because he was a child of God. He later went to Egypt where he normally probably wouldn't have gone. Amen. But as a child of God, we should be where God wants us to be, and where to get. Where does God want us to be? Not in the bar like I talked about earlier. Not sleeping in every chance we can get. Not catching every single shift just to avoid the word of God. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. That's like encouraging, amen. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Baptist Church, we assemble Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That's when we assemble. Our modern day culture tells us that we can afford to forsake the assembling of believers some of the time. After all, you're busy and you got better things to do. You got better things to do than to meet for prayer and for Bible study. But that's not what Scripture tells us. Scripture tells us that we need to assemble. What does so much the more mean? Go less? No. It means so much the more. As we see the day approaching, Joseph didn't let his circumstance dictate his responsibility. Some undoubtedly will say that he was being obedient to the government and not to Christ. Absolutely. And being obedient to the government is being obedient to Christ. Jesus said, Matthew twenty-two, twenty-one. He says, "Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar, and to God the things that are God's." Joseph took his very pregnant wife on a ninety-mile journey. They probably walked slowly with donkeys. It's probably rough terrain. Probably around eight hours a day. That's four days. Yet we don't assemble because it's too inconvenient. We got other things, Brother Tony, that we can find to do. We refuse to read and pray because we have better things to do. Christian, can I tell you this morning, your life would be so much better. (laughs) Your life, it it rains on the just and unjust. It doesn't mean drama isn't going to happen in your life. But your life is going to be so much better if you just be sold out to Christ. You say, you're just trying to get me to come to church. I'm trying to get you to, to be around believers as much as possible. I'm trying to get you, to encourage you, to read the word of God, which is the most important of all the things that I encourage you to do. What else am I trying to get you to do? Not forsake praying. All of a sudden, as a believer, we have responsibilities. It's not just forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, which so many do. But we forsake the word of God. We forsake prayer. We forsake the fellowship of believers. We say, ah, YouTube, it's, it's better to watch. I can sleep in, in my pajamas. Life is better. No, thank God for those ministries. Thank God that we had the technology to do that. But when we rely on that, we say, yes, I'm going to take the easy way out. I don't care about witnessing to anybody at the altar. I don't care about uh, encouraging my brother when they're having a bad day. I don't care about seeing what the latest prayer request sheet says. All I care about is phoning in my prayer request and watching it online. God said, "Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together." But yet, we don't, we don't want to focus on those things. We need to turn, turn to Matthew chapter six you're probably already there. What we need to do is prioritize the things of God first, and then everything else will fall in line. Matthew 6:31 says, "Therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek? For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There used to be Christians that would only go to church on Christmas and Easter. And they would say, well, I'm not forsaking the assembling because I go once or twice a year, even though there's services all year round. But they only come to the ones that they deem important. Can I tell you, if God's people assemble, you have a choice to forsake it or not. Obedience, church, is not checking off a box that we went to church. Obedience is not checking off a box that we, that we did a good deed for the week. Obedience is not checking off a box that says, um, I gave some money to, to, to the church or to some organization in, in, the, in the name of the Lord. Amen. Those are all great things. But obedience is a lifestyle. Obedience is something. See, we treat God like a diet. Oh, I'm going to read my Bible. Mm-mm-mm, I'm going to read my Bible. And then three weeks later, we're like, oh, yeah, I'm too... forget that. I'm going to go back to just watching SpongeBob SquarePants all the time. Exposing myself a little bit. Amen. 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 But obedience is a lifestyle. It's a living sacrifice, you know, to a king who adopted us into the family, who seated us in heavenly places, who's given us eternal life, literally sacrificed his only begotten son that we could live with him forever and not be in a burning hell. Just like Joseph, God wants to do great things in our life, yet at every turn, we find that we're we're more like the disobedient children of Israel than the godly person that we think we are. Oh, we're good at that. I'll lead the charge. Oh, man, Daniel. You're so good. You uh you waved at that person at the gas station. You gave that person man Daniel, you are you're man, you're so awesome. You you're the the greatest husband, the greatest friend, the greatest pastor. Then all of a sudden your head starts getting so big, so big, so big. We think we're much greater than we really are. Uh, I always relate it and and wind this down to a close here in a moment, but musicians always think they're greater than they are. I, I could tell you story after story where somebody wants to show you uh man can i show you what i can do on the guitar and they think that they're god's gift to music and it's like they know three chords amen joseph's circumstance didn't change who he was can i tell you churches believers in christ our circumstance whatever it might be our temporary circumstance throughout the day on this earth does not change who we are oh there's some valleys that come along. It doesn't change who we are. We're children of God like Mephibosheth. We're seated at the table, seated in heavenly places. We have a standing with Christ. It doesn't change who we are. Oh, it's going to rain. Our roof's going to leak. Amen. Plumbing's going to back up. Traffic's going to be awful. 275 will never be fixed. But as believers in Christ comes with great responsibilities but it also comes with great promise all things work together for our good i don't that's about as great of a promise as it is that that god sent his son to die for us and we can accept his free gift of salvation (laughs) all things work together for our good about that song, Nothing Can Touch Me That Doesn't Pass Through His Hand? That's a biblical truth, amen. We can rest on that and rely on that. I thank God for that. No matter how bad our day is, Brother Scott, God knows it. and He's working that for my good. And some days are not so good. Some days you lose your job. Lord, how can this be good? That makes no sense. Lord, how, how can we be having another child? I don't make any money. I, I can't even fit into the house that I have. But all things work together for, my, for our good. What a great promise to rely on. Boy, it's good to be saved. When God births you into the family of God, it's forever. He does not unbirth you no matter what man may say. First Corinthians ten thirteen. This will be my last verse I'll read here. It says, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You say, why did you read that first right now? Because God didn't give Joseph more than he could handle. If you're a child of God, and I hope that you are, God hasn't given you more than you can handle. I fully acknowledge there's, there's many in this room that have gone through far worse than I have ever dreamed of. But can I just encourage you that God's word says that he's not gonna give us more than we can handle, no matter how hard it may be. And child of God, it's for a reason, it's for a purpose. You know what that purpose is? To grow us. So that we could be doers and not just hearers. Time to get off our rear end and start doing something for Christ. Instead of just listening to the preaching, coming for the singing, going home, coming back and doing it. How about getting a prayer life going? How about getting plugged into some sort of ministry, any ministry, making phone calls? We as children of the kingdom like Joseph are literally given the circumstance of a lifetime to live with to live for Christ with every breath that is in our lungs Joseph had the circumstance of a lifetime We have a circumstance of a lifetime and scripture says life's but a vapor We don't want to squander it, it, it this is, there's a, there's a lot in this book. Let me get somewhere. This is all dictionary stuff. Right here. Genesis through, like, it's a lot of reading if you don't read and you don't like to read. I, I get that. I've never been a reader. Okay? If there was a movie in, in class, I would always go to the movie. Amen. Um. 15 minutes a day, on average, you could read through this whole Bible in a year. 15 minutes a day. Yet the average Christian has never read through it once. When Noah was 10 years old, he read through it in less than a year. It's not that difficult. But the problem is, we don't want to study to show ourselves approved in the God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. So what happens? There's a lot of ashamed Christians out there. That's why we don't witness That's why we don't share the gospel. That's why we don't invite folks to church. That's why we don't get plugged into any ministry because we don't know the word of God. And did you know that our worship is directly tied to the word of God? Our fervency for Christ is directly tied to our knowledge of the word of God. The more that you know, the more that you will worship, period. That's a whole nother message and we need to close, amen. Can I just close by saying this? How about at Christmas this year? We celebrate it for what it really is, a celebration of, of the greatest birth that ever was, that ever will be, amen, a gift of salvation to all mankind, in spite of who we are. Our circumstance doesn't change who, who you are, child of God, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't change it. We have a responsibility to, to be obedient as a lifestyle, but also we have Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of promises to the believer that we can rest in, and it's so wonderful. Let's close for a word of prayer, and we we'll have an invitation. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, the